0: Hey, you're listening to Blue Gene Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Gene Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluegeneselma.com. Colin's going to be our speaker today. Colin,
1: you want to come up or you got something special to do? Um, can we start like this up? Uh, where's uh, Pratt? How old are you, son? Eleven. You're 11. Can everybody who's under the age of 12 come up front? Come on, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. What's up, baby? Good morning, sweetie. What's up, son? Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question, all right? And the first person to put their hand up is going to get the microphone, all right? No no pressure. Don't, let, don't look at parents. Don't say anything, all right? Do you know what happens in two weeks? Two weeks from right now? Easter. Dynamite. He's got to Put your hands together for him real quick. Okay. All right. Pratt, you get first choice. Pick something out of that little goodie, that little goodie box right there. Okay. But now, don't worry. Don't worry. You still have chances to get something. Can you tell me one thing about Easter? Come on. Come on.
0: Easter Bunny comes.
1: Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for him. Is that what you were going to say, Braxton? I was going to
0: say Jesus right from the
1: dead. Oh, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Y'all, can you put your hands together for our little crew? Put your hands together for our crew. Come on. Come on. Dynamite. Dynamite. Great job, sweetie. exactly right. How many of you know that they're right though? Because two weeks from now, the Easter, excuse me, two weeks from now, we celebrate the birth, the birth, oh Lord. <laughs> two weeks from now, we celebrate the, uh, the resurrection of, uh, of Jesus. And, uh, you don't need to laugh that much, Matt. We're, evidently, evidently we're going to see if my face this morning can, uh, can become as red as Bob's shirt. Okay. <laughs> All right, um, let's, uh, let's, get into, let's get into our, our scripture first and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll dive into what we got uh, on tap today. Let me, let me pray real quick. God, we just thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you that you've brought us and gathered us in this place this morning. And God, we don't believe that it was by accident that we're in this place. And so father, thank you for whatever it is that you have in store right here for us today. Holy Spirit, we just say our ears are open, our hearts are open, our eyes are open, come in, move, and we promise that we'll give you all the glory in Jesus name, amen. Y'all flip with me to Luke chapter 23. That's where we'll kind of be based out of today. Luke 23. Now, here's some paper today. We've got some old school folks. That's what I'm talking about. And now, while you're going there um, to Luke 23, I'll give you a little bit of context. Um, where we're picking up is that, uh, is that we're picking up when the Last Supper has happened, the Garden of Gethsemane has happened, Jesus has been arrested, and we're going to pick up uh, where he is right here uh, before Pontius Pilate. And so we're going to start reading in verse uh, number 13. And I'll be reading out of the NIV. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right. It says, Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the the whole crowd shouted, away with this man. Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, crucify him crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder the one they asked for and surrendered Jesus to their will. Now where, uh, where I want us to focus uh, today is I want us to focus on this scene. And um, and in this, in this scene, as you guys just read, we have a bunch of different characters. We have Pontius Pilate, the governor of the, of the area from Rome. We have Jesus himself. We have a man known as Barabbas. And we have uh, the Jew, the crowd, especially with the Jewish leaders in there. And what we're going to focus on at the, at the beginning is this guy Barabbas. Now, how many of you know that um, how many of you know that names are sometimes prophetic? Now, I, I don't know if um, if sometimes with names, we know we can hear a name and we automatically know that it has a meaning to it. For instance, um, if Cherry, Cherry, maybe you're listening online. Cherry, I've never met anybody else with that, with that name, by the way. It's so beautiful. And we just wanted to bless you, Cherry. But, um, but that's an English word that she was named with. And when you think about it, you think about the fact that, that it's, right? It might be related to something that's sweet. Is Cherry sweet? The, the fruit? Is Cherry sweet the person? And it might also be tied to a, a vine so that it can grow and prosper. Does, does the fruit have to be tied to the vine to prosper? And is cherry the person tied to the vine and prospering? But sometimes we have names that aren't an English word, right? Like so in, our, in our society today, you, you might meet a lot of people named faith or justice or a word that is an English word that gives definition to somebody's life. But don't you know that sometimes there are oftentimes words and names that aren't English, but have meaning to them. And I looked up a few and I wanna come around and, and just show you how powerful this can be. For instance, sometimes a parent will give a name to a child without looking up the name, uh, what the meaning of that name, but God spoke to that person, the name, and so that name will have a prophetic meaning. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna come around and embarrass a few of you, but I'm not gonna, I thought about asking Josh to come around with the little camera and stick it in your face. He's not gonna do that. Okay, but I do wanna just share a couple here. So for instance, hey Anne. For instance, the name Ann is tied to the Hebrew name Hannah. And what that means is it means grace or God has favored me. And don't you see how sometimes these things are prophetic? God, we just thank you for the way that you have favored Anne. And God, we thank you for the way that that prophetic name has come to play in her life. And God, may that come to be even more true from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together. Come on. All right. Who's going to be next, Mel? Who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? Don't, don't, mind, don't mind this. It's Blue Jean, right? It's Blue Jean. What's up, baby? All right, let's do another one. Marcus, okay? Now, Marcus is a, a name with a double meaning. In Hebrew, it means polite and shining, but in Latin, it means warrior. Now, anybody who knows Marcus knows that he is the perfect combination of shining and polite and you don't wanna mess with him. Am I right, Matt? Okay. And so God, we just thank you for this man and we thank you God for the way that you have blessed him to not only be polite and kind and loving, but also to be a warrior for you in the spirit and for your kingdom. And we just bless him right now in Jesus name, amen. Let's Let's do two more. I'm making y'all get a little neck stretch on today. (laughs) Ferris, what's up, dog? Okay. Now, the name Ferris is a Celtic name, okay? Close Close to my heart, amen. And the name Ferris means man of vigor. Now, what does that mean? That means a man of great natural strength and health. And so right now, we just come into agreement with that word. And Lord, we thank you for Ferris. And Lord, we just pray over him in the name of Jesus Christ. That Father, the same way that he was named, Ferris, meaning man of vigor, of natural health and prosperity, that God, that that word will come to light beautifully in his heart and his mind. We just bless him from the crown of his head all the way to the sole of his feet. And we stand in agreement with the prophetic name that you gave this man. And we thank you for him. And let us see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's do one last one, I promise. One last one, that's all, that's all. What's up, baby? What's up? Okay. All right. So, Deshaun, your, word, your name means God is gracious. And so that means that you are a testament, a living, walking testament of the grace of God. Father, I just thank you right now for Deshaun and Father, we just bless him to experience your grace and carry your grace like never before. Father, I pray that people will see him, hear his testimony, see him and love him God, but also see your grace play out when they're with him. In Jesus name, amen. But so, okay, I don't get it preacher. Why did you just walk around and and do that? Well because names are prophetic. And the name Barabbas, some of you might, I had never seen this before, but if you look at the name Barabbas, you might see the, the, word, the word Bar at the beginning, and then Abbas as the second part. Now, for some of you, you might, you know, you might think about uh, Josh and Mary up here. Abba, I belong to you. You know that Abba is the word Father in Aramaic. And bar, the prefix, is the same as ben in Hebrew, meaning son of. And so what does this mean? Barabbas, his name literally means son of a father or son of a man. And Barabbas was indeed that. He was the uh, son of a father, a son of man. We read in the scriptures that Barabbas, the only thing that we really get from the text right here, and it's in all four of the Gospels gives us a a general, uh, similar thing. If you look in verse 19, all it says is that they said, release Barabbas to us. And then verse 19 tells us who Barabbas was or something about Barabbas. It says Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Y'all, Barabbas was guilty. He was guilty of a very serious crime, participating in insurrection that had included killing people. That is a serious crime that that he had committed. Barabbas, because of his choices and his decisions, he deserved to be punished. And he deserved the punishment that they had selected for him. And in Roman society, the worst punishment, the one that they used for the worst criminals and the most vile criminals in their society, which some people say was the most horrific and painful uh, death penalty in the history of mankind was crucifixion. Barabbas, by participating in insurrection and participating in an insurrection that killed people, he was liable to be crucified, but now let's tackle the other person here that the crowd is talking about, which is Jesus. Now, Jesus, we know from scripture that he was a man, right? Fully man, fully God. Barabbas was the, his name literally meant son of a father, son of a man. Jesus was the son of God. But don't you know that the title that he identified himself as more than any other in scripture was son of man, not son of God. There are 80 times across the gospels that Jesus referred to himself as son of man, not as son of God. That was his number one title. And that was literally the name of Barabbas. Barabbas had been guilty of insurrection and participating in murder. Jesus was accused of insurrection, but was completely free, was completely innocent. We know that because we read, for instance, in in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, that we do not have a, well, I'll give you just a second half of the verse, that Jesus was tested and tempted in every way, just as you and I are, yet he did not sin. Barabbas resisted the Roman Empire by picking up weapons and participating in a, a violent insurrection. Jesus, when he was confronted in the Garden of Gethsemane, turned to them and said, why have you come to me with weapons? Do you think I'm inciting a rebellion? In other words, he clearly, he wasn't saying, he was. and then when, uh, when Peter chopped off the ear, of the, how many of you, y'all love Peter? Okay, amen. What's up, Matt? And Peter chopped off uh, the ear of the the guy who came to arrest him. What did Jesus say to him? Jesus said, put your sword down. That's not how we do business here. Do you see the contrast between Jesus and Barabbas? Barabbas, guilty of sin, guilty of insurrection, guilty of violence. Jesus, not guilty of insurrection, never having sinned, and not guilty of murder, but actually the complete opposite, resisting violence and when his, when his people participated in it. Are you all with me this morning? Now, what about, what about Pilate? Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. He knew it, he said, if you look in the scriptures, if you're reading with me, you can see it uh, multiple and multiple different places where we were. Um, he says, he has done nothing deserving to deserve death. I have found no basis for your charges against him. They accused Jesus of the same thing Barabbas had been guilty of, but Pilate knew that they, that they had done it out of self-interest. And by the way, we could, we could go further into Pilate, but you know, for instance, I love the, the moment uh, when he, he's there and he gets word from his wife that his wife is at all kinds of terrible dreams about Jesus and about how he's innocent. Pilate had many signs, many things to know that Jesus was completely innocent. We're not gonna stay here, but I do think that obviously there's a lesson and we could preach a sermon just on that. About even though Jesus even though he wanted to free Jesus, knew that it was the right thing to do, knew Jesus was innocent, that he didn't do it because he instead decided to please the crowd. Now that's a lesson that we could get into another Sunday. Um, and, and we and we will. But we read right at the end there, verse 25, that Pilate released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder, Barabbas and surrendered Jesus to their will. Okay, what's, what's our, our point this morning? Our point this morning is that Barabbas deserved in the, according to the laws and, and things in Rome, that he was liable to be crucified and experienced the most painful death penalty in the history of mankind. He, was, he had made mistakes. He had committed sin. And that punishment would have been uh, justified. But he didn't go. Instead, he was freed. And it was Jesus who went on the cross. Jesus who was crucified. The man who didn't deserve it. The man who didn't wasn't justified, ju- wasn't just for him to go. And this is the, this is the revelation that, this is the, um, revelation that I had while preparing this message that we can't sit here and point a finger at Barabbas. because Barabbas is each and every one of us. It rocked my, even now I feel my, my, I feel my heart tugged. And I wonder if some of y'all do too, because I got wrecked by this revelation when God spoke it to me. That you and I, at some point in our lives were Barabbas. Each and every one of us had sinned. Each and every one of us, by sinning, had committed insurrection against God. And it would have been just for us to be punished. And each and every one of us, instead of us going on the cross, Jesus went on the cross for us. And at some point, we have to understand that 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 that's what we deserved. Now, I don't, give me a little bit of freedom here, but can you imagine what Barabbas was thinking when he was the one who got freed? When he was the one who, thinking that he would be getting crucified and knowing that he deserved it, knowing that it was not unjust for him to get get that punishment. Can you imagine what was going through his head at the moment that they said, hey, that guy's gonna go on the cross and you are set free. Y'all for each and every one of us who is in Christ, we had a moment just like that. And the Holy Spirit wanted us to go back to that moment today. And I, I, I for instance, I, um, I'll share part of my, my, my testimony that now, um, where's Lee? Lee, I promise I'll give the PG version, okay, amen. But I would like to share part of my testimony about, you know, that I've never, I, I actually, I've, you know, I've shared a lot of parts of my testimony over the last year and a half uh, up here with y'all, but I've never really shared this part, which is, I was thinking as I, as I got convicted by this word about Barabbas, I started to think, okay, when was my, when did, when was my moment when I got released? And the the crazy thing is y'all is, is, um, is my salvation process started here in Selma specifically in a small group with Bob and David Summerlin and David Lee and a bunch of other, uh, a bunch of other uh, people. That was the first time that I really started to, to love the Bible. That was the first time that I started to pray. That was the first time that I started to understand stuff. But I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta confess something, which is that when I went back to Boston, it hadn't really gone into my heart yet. I, I, every day I read the Bible because I knew it was good and knew it was what I was supposed to do. Every day I prayed to God and gave him my, my, my problems and, and stuff like that. But I did not have a relationship with Jesus yet. I just didn't do it. And my life demonstrated that when I was in, when I was in Boston, I was still living with at least one foot in the world, probably more than one foot in the world. I was still living the way that I had before. I wasn't ready to fully commit yet. Without uh, getting into, into, into too many details. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll tell you that, um, that is as long as a year and a half after I left Selma, I went on, has anybody heard of this? Uh, now, I know this might, uh, you know, uh, some of you might be very jealous of this, but if, has anybody ever heard of what's called a Carnival cruise ship? <laughs> okay. Uh, Carnival is famous, uh, and, and I hope that, I don't know if they, how church works, if they can sue you or whatever, but Carnival execs, please don't sue. Okay, Amen. But, uh, but um, they're famous for having a a cruise ship that lost power at sea and uh, had, um, you know, stuff come out of the toilets. Okay. Amen. But right after that happened, I went on a Carnival cruise ship. I was, uh, uh, um, it was for my friend's bachelor party, one of my, one of my roommates in college. And let's just say that when we showed up, um, we were going on the line to get up there. And I was like, you know, I've been trained by an accountant. I was like, they're not going to talk me into spending any money. I'm not going to spend any money on this thing. They're not going to rob me. And then they said, Hey, for 150 bucks, you can get 15 drinks a day. And I said, where do I sign? And <laughs> signed off on it. And the, for the next four days, the only goal we really had was to hit that maximum. Okay. And, and let's just, let's just say that if you want to know about living in the world, that was living in the world. And that was a year and a half, two years after I had started to encounter Jesus. I literally, while I was living here, had a dream where I was, Jesus literally visited me in a dream and I still didn't give my heart to him. But after, right after that Carnival cruise ship, I was, uh, I had just started going to a new church in Boston and I was driving to, to work one morning <clears throat> and I was, it was, Easter was coming up. It was about the same time that it is now. And we were we were driving up there, or I was driving to the university where I was at, and this song came on, singing about the cross, and I love this song, so I started singing this song with me, or started singing along with it. Okay, now where's hey hey uh what's up Mama Nita? I brought my uh I brought my uh, Bap, my, uh new National Baptist hymnal today, <laughs> and uh, well I, okay I'm not we tried yesterday. Try Anybody know this song, the old rugged cross? Anybody know that song? I love that song. Okay. We tried to sing it yesterday, but my love you, man. Love you, man. Appreciate it. And, um, that song came on and I started singing along with it or probably try- trying to sing along with it. And, um, and I was like, you know, got out of my car and I was like, Oh, I love Easter. I love the cross. I love Jesus. And, the Holy Spirit spoke to me at a 15 minute walk up to my cubicle. And on that walk, the Holy Spirit said, why are you singing about the cross when you don't believe that it actually happened? And when I got to my cubicle, I realized that I had a decision to make that at that point I was going I No longer could I talk about the Bible like a, um, like a, like any other book. I had literally been going to church carrying, not my Bible, but carrying a book of philosophy by Marcus Aurelius, which, you know, Josh, we can get into Stoicism another time, but, and how it's not Christian. Okay, amen. But I literally would show up to church with that book because I just saw the Bible as the same as Marcus Aurelius' comments and commentary on, on life. I thought the Bible was just the same thing. And that day, the Holy Spirit said to me, you are either going to believe or you are going to continue living the way that you are. And I made the decision in that cubicle, I wrote it all out and still have it today. I made the choice to believe that the cross had actually happened and that Jesus is actually risen. And the weirdest thing is, is that if that wasn't my moment of salvation, it was a key moment in it. And three, about three weeks later, a friend from my new church came to my house and it was freezing cold in Boston as it always is. And, uh, sorry, sorry, mom and dad. And, uh, my friend Walter came over and he was sitting on the couch. He was a minister and I, I was making uh, some tea in the, in the kitchen. And he said to me, you know, we were just starting to get to know each other. He said, he said, well, Colin, when did you get saved? And I said, I, I remember I looked down at the ground and I looked at him and I said, I don't know that I am saved. And he started laughing in my face. And I said, brother, why are you laughing? It's so mean, I just opened up to you. And he said, bro, you are saved. What he didn't know is that it, the key moment it had happened just three weeks before and I hadn't even realized that I had received it in my heart until that moment. And in that moment, I realized that all of my sins had been forgiven. I hadn't realized it up until that moment, I hadn't realized it. And the crazy thing is, is that we could literally pass this mic around this church. And for each of us that is in Christ, we could have a similar story. The moment that we understood that the cross wasn't something that we just talk about and sing about, but that it really happened And that what Jesus really went through on the cross, he actually went through that for us. And that the resurrection actually happened. We could go through those moments. Um, Maybe it would be May 3rd, 2009. Or maybe it would be, you pick, you know your date, you know your time period. The day when you realized that you deserved punishment because of your sin but that just like Jesus did for Barabbas, you were set free and he took the punishment. What does that, what does that look like? It looks like he was pierced for our transgressions. It looks like he was crushed for our iniquities. It looks like the punishment that brought you and I peace right here, right now was because he experienced that punishment. And that the reason that we can experience health and healing is because of what he, the wounds and and stripes that he experienced on the cross. That's what I'm talking about. At some point, church has got to become real to us. That at some point we have to realize that, that you and I deserved that experience. We deserve to be living in hell right here on earth. We deserved it because we had been the Barabbas. We had been the sinner. We had participated in that. We had rebelled against God. But that instead of us experiencing that, Jesus did it. That Jesus went on the cross for you and he went on the cross for me. We have to realize that at some point and it has to stop being something that we take casually. Y'all, I was thinking about it as I, as I as I prayed about, it, I thought about uh, you know the, the Bob has this anointing of 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 uh, of finding dogs that are like 99% dead, and somehow uh, helping them. Okay, and and, and many years ago, uh, somebody. Well, let's go with this. Here you go. Okay, many years ago, uh, he found I think it was the only female dog that 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 you came across, and they called him this dog Miss Miss. Okay. Which, um, can you say a name real quick? Yeah, you got to say it with a lisp. Myth, myth. myth. (laughs) There you go. All right. So they found that dog, and I'm sure that they could put up a picture up there right now. This dog was a hot mess, okay? Covered in sores and bleeding and all this stuff. Within a matter of weeks, this was the most beautiful, sweet dog that anybody had ever seen. And that dog was forever loyal to Bob and his family. Why? Because that dog knew that that she had been on the verge of death, covered in sores and bleeding, and that somebody had come along, picked them, picked her up, and loved her into into health and prosperity. Y'all, some of us, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not up here saying you, I'm saying us. Because I do it too. Sometimes we as we, as we, as we walk this thing out with Jesus, we forget what it was like at the beginning. We forget the state that you were in and that I was in before Jesus came into our hearts. Unlike Miss Miss or whatever, okay, amen. Unlike the dog, we forget our loyalty to Jesus and forget what he paid for us. And this morning, the Holy Spirit wanted to take us back. Every one of us to take us back to the moment when Jesus saved us, to the moment when we had the faith to believe that that had actually happened when we had the faith to believe in the cross, the faith to believe in the resurrection, and the faith to believe that all of our sins had indeed been forgiven, the Holy Spirit wanted to take us back to that moment today. you? would you come on up? Holy Spirit just wanted us to go back to that moment, y'all. To the moment when we really believed it and we received it. I don't care if it was a hundred years ago for some of y'all. The Holy Spirit wanted us to go back to that moment. And so will you just stand with me real quick? And I just invite you right now to go back to that moment. Go back to the moment that like Barabbas realized he was getting set free to the moment when you realized that Jesus had died on a cross for you and that you were set free. And so, Close your eyes and just let's go back to that place Sweet you, how sweet the Holy Spirit was. Think about the times before you made the decision to follow Jesus that the father was tugging at your heart, waiting for you to come back, loving on you, even when you didn't love him. Remember the, the, the chaos and the, the, all the all the mess that, that, that we experience in a life without Jesus. Remember the joy, the peace. Remember the tears that you shed. I've never made that decision. Maybe you're saying that you have never understood that Jesus actually died on the cross and rose again, and that you have been forgiven all of your sins if you believe. Maybe you never understood that until this morning. Well, we we just want to give you the opportunity right now to make that decision to make the decision to invite Jesus into your heart, to make the decision to, to, to receive the forgiveness and the blessing, to make Jesus your Lord and savior and to walk this thing out with him. And so if that's true, don't worry about the person next to you. Every eye in this place is closed and it doesn't matter anyways. And so if you have never made the decision to follow Christ or you have been away from Him, raise up your hand in this place to return your life to Jesus. And I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Everyone to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, Let's do it again, open your your mouth, say it again, the same way that we did back then. Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you that you rose three days later and that you are here right now. I give you my heart and I give you my life in Jesus name shout amen and if somebody put your hands together praise God like it's your first time praise God like it's the first time you've ever received that that give praise Jesus God we thank you oh God we give you thanks we give you praise and glory And y'all, I just want to open up. We, we have a few minutes before we go to Sunday school. I just want to open up space. Nita's going to lead us in just a, just a moment um, to close out in worship. But y'all, I want you to know that the altar's open. Right where you are, you can sit down. You can. This is a place of total freedom. Have your moment with God and have your moment with the Holy Spirit. And, and when we get set free, we say thank you. And so spend this time saying, saying thank you.
0: You know, we could play, but I want to hear just the voices. I can just picture us singing this throughout eternity. And he just told us we can have that. If this isn't your story, make it yours today. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fool taste of glory divine, born heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song.
1: Jesus, we thank you so much for today and we thank you so much for what you've done for us. And so right now, if you could just put your hands out, like to receive a a gift or receive a blessing, I would just like to bless you before before we leave this place. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he protect you, sustain you, and guard you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you with favor, with blessing, with prosperity, with health. May he be gracious to you, surrounding you with his loving kindness. And may he lift up his countenance upon you, turn his face toward you. May he give you peace. And right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you to leave from this place with joy, with peace, with love, with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, and I pray that as you go from this place, that you will see the goodness of the Lord right here in the land of the living. And I pray that you will have a greater revelation of the love of the Father, a greater revelation of his very reality and the fact that he, is, he actually exists. And I pray that as you go from this place, that you'll be a more, have more blessed intimacy with him and closeness with him that you've ever had before. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Now we'll be down here if there's anybody who uh, would like.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.